Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Ian the Dynamo Kelly, joined by Ted Irving, and you are listening to Dynamo's Half Dozen. Welcome back. Welcome back, guys and gals, to Dynamo's Half Dozen with me, your favorite co-host, and also your favorite second co-host, Mr. Ted Irving. I'm Ian the Dynamo Kelly. Ted Irving has joined me once again. We are both co-hosts on this show. There is no first and second. And um, first, before we do actually continue, Ted, we must uh, apologize to uh, our good, loyal listeners that we haven't been... uh, we haven't been providing any content over the last couple of weeks. It's been a pretty wild one. Um, you've been obviously on the main Dynamo's Dozen show, um, which was only up last week as well, um, having a a debate of sorts with Mr. Uh, with Mr. Kigo. Um, so it's been a, been a bit of a crazy one over the past couple of weeks, but we do both uh, promise to endeavour to get... Um, to get as much content out as possible over the next... Uh, well, for foreseeable future, Ted. Yeah, yeah, it's just been mad, mad busy couple of weeks for both. So yeah, yeah, both couldn't couldn't get on at the at a time that suited both of us. That's all. Unfortunately, real life gets in the way. It does, but we are going to make sure. We will endeavour to make sure that we get this show out um, on a weekly basis once again, um, starting today, and then obviously. Following up on today with with next week's um, paper re- pay per view <laughs> review that we promised to uh, pay per view review. There we go. I've been. So, Do you ever wake up one of those days where you're so tongue tied, and you notice it from like from the first coffee in the morning to like the last sip of water that you have at night that you're just literally going bleh. Have you ever had one of those days? Um. Yeah, I suppose I have. Yeah, but. Um, I don't really do a whole lot of talking during the day in my job, so it doesn't really affect me, thankfully. Well, I just happen to be one of those people that talks quite a lot, and sometimes you get tongue-tied, so I do I do apologise, guys and gals, it's not going to happen again, that was only 2 minutes and 12 seconds into the show, I will not be tongue-tied one more time for the rest of this show, if it is a thing that you notice that I've done that, pick it out, send me an email, and I'll just tell you, I apologise, so... Uh, <laughs> There we go, but um, no, we 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 uh, we are back, and we've obviously got a, a couple of things in the pipeline. Um, today's show actually is going to be a bit of fun because we've not really had a proper chance to sit down uh, and actually just shoot the shit really and talk about the last, I guess, the guts of two months worth of wrestling um, between. You know, all of the promotions between a, you know, AEW, between WWE's three shows, and then obviously NWA Power, um, always forgetting Impact. Um, so, you know, you see what I did there. Always yes. forgetting Impact. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically, I think, you know, today is just going to be a little bit of a shoot the shit show and just have a little bit of a chat. Ted, you're going to lead the way on a lot of this in terms of how we're going to, um, where we're going to bring the conversation and what show, and you can ask me my opinion on certain things, and we can uh, we can discuss it, and then obviously next week we will obviously have the uh, ECW pay per view that we were meant to review a couple of weeks back, which is obviously Living Dangerously in 1998, 
And uh, yeah, so where would you like to start today, Ted? Um, oh, I don't know. We start with. Uh, I suppose we'll start with the flagship shows, WWE. I suppose they're the they're still the big boys in the world at the moment. They are. Yeah, yeah, they are for sure. Um, yeah, three shows. They've uh, all now on full time television. No longer just the network for NXT. Um, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, all. Uh, I think they've all been quite good recently. Some better than others. Some weeks better than others as well. But yeah, overall, I think fairly positive reviews on all the shows for me. Um. Yeah. I guess. Uh, I think especially like I mean, if if um, you know the 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 power of the mind can kind of you know make it make you hazy to to um weeks that have gone by past one or two do you know what i mean but then when you start kind of getting through the haze and start getting further back you realize okay maybe it was a little bit of a a rocky uh rocky start to the journey there was choppy choppy seas i guess for uh you know the smackdown side of things initially with the whole bischoff getting fired and everyone knows my opinion on 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 the original thing of bischoff getting the job in the first place thinking that it was a good appointment um it's come to light really um by the people that are in the know behind the scenes especially Pritchard uh, Jim Ross and obviously Conrad Thompson that I think Bischoff was just in a lot of ways was a fall guy as well um to Vince's frustrations he was easily I guess disposable um so there was a lot of blame you know past you know, from the company to one part, but I think it was a little bit of a, I think it was, it was probably blame on all sides, to be honest with you, on that one, but I thought they, uh, since then, I thought they picked up the pieces, I think the, the Saudi Arabia show ended up being a bit of a blessing in disguise, much like, um, much like Chelsea's transfer ban has been, uh, you know, sometimes you got to play the youth, <laughs> and that's what WWE have had to do. Um, yeah, it really worked out for them. Um, yeah, yeah. Like Survivor Series is coming up, um, yeah. and it was it was like they always go with the the Raw versus SmackDown thing, but you couldn't really do that this year because you've just had your brand split. So how are you meant to like you don't have time? You're still trying to build and a very big a very show. big one this time as well. Obviously with the two networks involved, like yeah. yeah. Well, I've I told you before my feelings on the draft and. How I th- they haven't yeah. done one right since Vince, we're, we're Vince not, and Rick. We're not going to get into that one again, definitely yeah, not, because but, you're you're 100% right on that one. And it only angers me, to be honest with you. Yeah, and, like, it hasn't I'm been with done you. right since Vin- Vince and Rick did it that first time. No. But, um, no, but overall, I, I thought the show has been quite positive. Some stuff hasn't been great. Obviously, the Rusev, Lashley, Lana thing, that's a bit shit. Like, that's... I think I think the less time that we spend talking on that today would be would be yeah. the best for the listener because I mean I saw a quote today and maybe you might be able to um, verify or or put some context on it maybe um I heard that um who was it someone someone said something from the AW uh recently about um that like a former worker said something like you got to get away from that bullshit company or something 
put up a tweet or something to Rusev. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm I think not it was. Idea. I think it was. Um, hey, was it Sammy? Hey, what's his name? Sammy Guevara. No, um, Jericho's muscle. What's his name? God damn it! His name has gone to me. Oh, we, Jack Swagger. We, Jack Swagger. Yeah, apparently it was Jack Swagger put up a tweet or sent like some sort of message to uh, Rusev and said, "Get away from that bullshit company. Look what they're doing to you," or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm happy to see Rusev back on telly anyway, even if it is with this horrible storyline. Hopefully, it goes somewhere for him. But yeah, uh, I'm happy to see him back on ice cream anyway. Um, yeah, Rusev's a very underrated, uh, underrated worker in all um, at all levels, like both on the mic and. And in the ring, yeah. Yeah, but no, there has been there has been good as well. Now the the most recent ones, the NXT invasions, they've been they were brilliant. Um, as you said, kind of Raw wasn't it wasn't imposed on self imposed on Raw. That was a decision that they made there. But uh, or sorry, it was self imposed on Raw. But on SmackDown, obviously, it was a necessity rather than um a decision of ah this is this is where we're gonna go but they killed it yeah so maybe Um, maybe that's where we should kind of begin our little our little journey today uh, on the last kind of maybe two weeks of what we've seen on on both brands on all three brands actually um yeah because that's for me when wwe i went light bulb went i went okay now you've got something this has landed on your lap this is something organic that A, you couldn't control, but B, you really made chicken salad out of chicken shit. And, like, you got to commend WWE on that because regardless of, you know, whether, you know, this guy was, you know, stuck here or not, the booking was done perfectly. Um, it, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'm kind of worried about is for Survivor Series, the, I like the idea of we've got our three women's champions and they're gonna go against each other so yeah becky bailey and uh baszler right i like that but yeah. I, I just but it looks like they're going that way with the tag championships the world heavyweight championships well not the world heavyweight because you're not going to get brock the fiend and adam cole but <laughs> that would be I a, don't, a strange match yeah yeah but i don't i don't want to see it just be the tag team champions from here versus the tag team champions from there versus the tag team champions from there. Like, give me a bit of a mix-up as well, you know? Um, I, like, give me give me Undisputed Era versus four guys, you know? Give me Balor versus somebody, which I, I do think they're going to do, but possibly not because they haven't, intro- they haven't had him on the main shows yet. He's sticking to, like, the great promo he cut. But he's sticking to just NXT. He's not being used on WWE for the moment. Well, let's let's kind of let's maybe start with Balor actually at, at the start of the show to really kind of because any podcast I've been listening to lately when they're doing reviews and and they've been I mean it, it's been full of praise for Balor, but um, or shall we say the Prince? Um, there's been great you know feedback you know especially from Jim Cornette even. Um, but it's always at the end of the show. So let's actually start the show with our our brave boy, our hometown hero, Mr. Mr. Prince. Um, he, okay, so initially everyone was in shock. We, we had talked about it and discussed it, that 
right, he's gone back down to NXT, and and you had made obviously the great observation that he'd be there for a little while just to build himself back up in a different light. Um, without, and to build a brand, I think, as and well. And to build a brand, yeah, to do, you know, to, he was almost like he's doing the favour for himself and for the brand, um, you know, under the guidance of Triple H again, finally, where, yeah. he, where he'll be used correctly. Um, they brought him out, which, which he has cut definitely probably in the top three promos of the last year anyway. Um, that promo that he'd done on NXT was up there easily in the top three for me. Um, along with maybe Cody. Cody's cut some pretty rippers as well. Um, and for me, it was just pure real. That was real. I know I'm saying real a lot, but that was the real rock and roller, but it was also the real Prince Devitt. Do you know what I mean? That was that line, you know, I've taken my mask off. That was that was from the heart and that's that's how you get like that's how you, you, you peel away the layers from the onion and you get to the you get to the real you know, the real source of the ingredients, so to speak. And that's exactly what we got with Finn Balor and I think um after that promo it was perfect, it was enough. Um and then obviously last week we saw him come out and do the you know, the bullet um symbol to AJ Styles. Now people are assuming that that's him kind of pointing his loyalty to them. It that can be taken any way you want it. That can be him pointing the trigger at AJ Styles saying, "No, I'm the real leader of the Bullet Club," or it can be, "Yeah, I'm with you." Do you know what I mean? So it's a really nice little um, teaser. Yeah, they've left him open. Yeah, yeah they've, they've left, left him open. They've left they him open. They've left him open that he can go up to. He can go anywhere with with, with that character right now, um, and then. Obviously, you know, he's left. I think not throwing him in the title picture straight away with an Adam Cole, so to speak, straight away as a babyface was a good idea. Um, what he said about Johnny wrestling, Johnny watches wrestling. I thought that was one of the best lines of, you know, it was a real, it was a, it was a dig on the, and guys, I am saying this in inverted commas, the marks, because that's what he was trying to get at. Um, that's what he was kind of assuming to. He was basically going and, and taking a real life situation, and using the fans as his bait. I guess would that be fair to say? Um, yeah, well, I think, I think what he was, I think what they were smart with is they they couldn't put him in there with, uh, straight away to for the title because you can't have him lose really because then he has to go through the whole roster again. And he's also just, on fire as well. Yeah, you've also just had Champa come back. Yeah. So, Champa is your man that's going. Like he's the main man going for the title at the moment. So just put him somewhere else. And where do you put him? You put him with the guy who is now claimed to be Mister NXT in Johnny Gargano, which yeah. is what so what Finn Balor was yeah. when he was the champion in NXT. He was Mister NXT. Yeah. So it's a it's a like it's a nice little pre made feud. Johnny Gargano is is a face that'll work especially well with Balor because he can make little comments like that because he has the ring moniker of Johnny Wrestling and stuff. It gives Balor that little bit of ammunition that he can use. Yeah. Um. And I I I'm really looking forward to see seeing Balor go heel Balor now in NXT and I hope that when they do decide to call him back up to the main brand that he he'll continue being heel baller that it won't it won't just be back to 
all smiles and playing nice. I want to see. I want to see how far they can go with this because, yeah, he his first call up, he won the 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 title, and then unfortunately a big injury, and that set him back a bit. But I think this is where you get the real because most people's first big title run is as a heel. Yeah. As a badass, as a heel. Yeah. It doesn't have to be you don't have to be a heel, I suppose also much just a badass, but most people's is with that badass and you can't be that if you're just a happy, smiley guy. So I think this is the way for him to to climb up that ladder again. Yeah, I I, I, I don't disagree with the words you've said there. Um I think, you know, like I've I've alluded to there, they brought you know, they're hinting at it anyway that it's the prince character. So for anyone that's familiar with the New Japan stuff and the originator of the Bullet Club, it was the real rock and roller. Um, hence why he's doing the gun miniker. He's doing the you know the two pistol, two uh, index fingers pistols. That was what Prince Devitt did. So they're alluding to that kind of character again. If they go with that character again, I think they're on money. I think they're on money with Fergal anyway, regardless because I mean they've been making money off his smiley gimmick and the demon thing for for months now and basically just kind of rinsing them I think um as a marketing tool um but just sticking them in the mid card um I think everybody is in agreement on that so I think you can see that he's almost got a new lease of life it's come at a good time fresh off a a marriage and uh, all that kind of thing so it looks like he's kind of invigorated himself and it it looks like there's a lust in the eyes again for wrestling as well you know so I think that lends itself to that brand but also to the to the WWE brand as a whole um, yeah. like you say if if used correctly um, I gotta say um, I found myself watching a lot more uh, NXT recently as well because I was able to kind of a start afresh with when this whole Wednesday Night War thing was coming into effect and I was able to kind of start there but then you know slowly go back and look at other stuff as well um, yeah, what I mean when you look at some of the people that are on it, like yeah, I mean for, Champa not, for me, Champa, my God, Champa is guy money. Is money, yeah, yeah. You you but took the words that have been you've made. Got, you've got the likes of Keith Lee on there. It's Keith Lee, um, Adam Cole, man, Adam Cole. Like, let's actually just take a moment of appreciation for possibly the best wrestling match that I've seen on SmackDown in since I can remember with Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan. Yeah, it was um, brilliant. That was just, you know, a phenomenal match. And then obviously Adam Cole and, and Seth Rollins wasn't too shabby either. It wasn't at the same level, but it wasn't, you know what I mean? It wasn't too shabby yeah. at all. But the, but even as you're saying with the promo that uh, Balor cut, the next week on Raw, Triple H comes out and yeah. cuts a stellar one with, with Rollins again. Yeah, of, brilliant. You know, brilliant. When, whenever you get lost... Who do you who do you come to? You might not mean to come to me, but you always do. Yeah. And whether like people say, you know, oh New Japan are great with the long book, and I'm not saying that's what WWE did here, but they realised it. They looked back and they went, whenever we've gotten stuck with Rollins, we've just paired him with Triple H, and it's worked out. So I'm not saying that they did it purposely, but they definitely took advantage of the fact that there's a history there. Yeah. I thought it and, was. I thought it was. Well, I yeah. I agree. I thought it was very well tapped into that actually. Yeah, and now, and now what's what happens now? Do you know, you've kind of got a mini invasion angle going on here of NXT invading both Raw and SmackDown, and Triple H has told 
Seth Rollins, he was like, you're either with me or you're against me. Now, come Survivor Series, does Seth turn? Does he go back to NXT? I don't think he does go back to NXT. I think they, they need to keep him up on Raw, but maybe. like There isn't a whole lot for him left left on Raw at the moment, so yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, and that's that's a. I'm with you on that. Like, I'm with you on this uh, this dance because, um, yeah, maybe because I mean, there's nothing stopping um, these guys going down to, to, you know, to NXT for just a small program or two. To and I mean, there's a there's a lot of talent. Riddle is down there, you know. As we said, Keith Lee. I mean, uh, tell me, tell Tommaso me one. Ciampa. Tell me one person who doesn't want to see. Finn Balor versus, um, you know, Champa, or or Finn Balor versus uh, Matt Riddle, or or even or even Seth Rollins versus Matt Riddle. You know what I mean? These are matches now. That and and for me, this could. Okay, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm gonna get all the fans excited now. Okay, um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna um, suggest this to you. Um, I've been talking to you about this for a long, long time. And it's not, it's not rocket science, Ted. I mean, it was on everyone's lips, but it it was kind of what I had actually um, suggested to you before, if you remember correctly, when I was saying the whole idea of having Balor, you know, join the Bullet Club with AJ Styles in there, um, and then eventually building a long term, you know, feud with the two of them over who was the leader of the Bullet Club. You remember me saying that. This yeah, yeah, this interesting. Is, this is the perfect time to do it now while you've got the two guys who aren't in, in, in any kind of main event title picture or program or anything like that. I think it's a perfect opportunity to kind of play that um, where, you know, the four of them can show up on any show then. Do you know what I mean? Because they're not necessarily in a title picture as such. So they're not a threat to the likes of an, uh, you know... You know, to 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 the NXT title or to you know the, you know the world title straight away, straight away is what I'm saying. It's not like an yeah. NW, it's not like an NWO thing. It's it's yeah. basically it's a Bullet Club thing. The um, only thing I'd wonder is, do they want to go with putting that back where you're just going to get the word? That's what's going to be on everyone's lips: Bullet Club, Bullet Club, Bullet Club, which they obviously don't want. Or do they just have Finn? either go alone or does he make a new stable with people from NXT because there's a lot of talent like you got Pete Dunne down there um, yeah, yeah. Damian Priest like oh, there's a lot of guys there that you could pair up to him yeah but what I'm saying is now is a great time just for a program because it would have to be done is just to kind of go back on that little bit of history because obviously that's where, what they're, they're hinting at now at the moment yeah but do you want to do you want to use that now or do you want to save it well, what I'm saying is it can be a slow build. Yeah, yeah, but that's it. That's what I'm only I'm only making a suggestion. That's all. Yes, I'm, I mean, like, do you want yeah. to save that for Mania? Exactly. Or do you want to save that for the Royal Rumble? Or it can be. You know, can there's be... a lot of things there that you could use that for. But if they start just, if what they're doing now is that they're just, you know, sowing the seeds, then that's that's per that's fine yeah. by me. Do you know what I mean? I agree with you. I think it should be a slow build. Um, it should be something that's. You know, it should go back to for anybody that remembers, like, does Bret Hart join the NWO or does he join WCW? Who knows? Oh, and it went on for months and months and months. Now nothing ever came to fruition out of it in the end, and it just fell on its arse. But if that had got the payoff that it, you know, 
should have. It was then, to, yeah, when I should have got that, that it, it could have been something, yeah. It could have been something amazing. So that's what I'm saying. The slow build is actually sometimes greater than, you know, the now. Um, and, yeah. even, and we've waited long enough anyway. So, you know, people can wait a little bit longer. And yeah, I mean, the blow-up match to that should be a WrestleMania match between Finn Balor and AJ Styles for control of Bullet Club. Do you know what I mean? Something silly like that. Um, yeah. And that would be just... I mean, that's a main event in and of itself, so... Um, yeah. So, like, Dave... Like, overall, I think WWE has been doing well. Yeah. But um, AEW hasn't hasn't slouched off either, though. They've been... They've been killing it as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, just had their first... I think this, this is their first big pay-per-view, really, since... It's their since first... They, it's since their they first, started on TV. Yeah, yeah. It's their first pay-per-view... From the back of their TV deal, yeah, 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 and um, I don't know some of the stuff building up to like I don't know. Did you see the the promo that they had the week before for Chris Jericho, where they're talk not between him and Cody, but it's just a promo of Jericho and all the Jericho supporters talking about how great he is, yeah, and ah, oh, just some of the stuff in that, like he has Soul Train, Virgil. Yeah, so just some of the some of the lines like, I I don't know what a goat is. I'm not a farmer, but I'll tell you what Chris Jericho is. He's the greatest of all time. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it's just, and then he has his his aunt friend from church talking about how ever since he was a young boy he wanted to be AEW champion. <laughs> You're just genius. It was wasn't even a company when Chris Jericho was a young boy. It's like, it, um, re- it reminded me of uh, Robbie Keane when he signed for uh, LA Galaxy and said it was always his dream to play for LA. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, okay, this is good stuff. Yeah. But then you, even even stuff like Sammy Guevara coming out and being like, Chris Jericho's in the prime of his career. He's 40 years, 48 years old. He's the youngest AEW world champion ever there's ever been. Yeah. Like, it's Brilliant all just stuff. Brilliant stuff. Real small little, and yeah, okay, it's all jokey and, you know, tongue in cheek, but that's Jericho all over. Like you know, he is joke. He is tongue in cheek. He's always been that way. I mean, you, yeah. Like, and that's and that's the way I think. That's how you. That's the best way, in my opinion, to really uh, demonstrate comedic values in wrestling is with those little tongue in cheeks things because you can do that. And like, I'm I'm taking the piss out of things because I'm that good that I can just take the piss out of things. But when it comes to getting serious, I do the work in the ring. Do you know what I mean? But then, like, it's just even small things. Like, he's not not the champion. He's le champion. He's le champion, exactly. Like, a little bit of the bubbly and and le champion. It's just beautiful. It's brilliant work. Like, like, people think, you know, oh, well, that's because he's Canadian. He's not French-Canadian. So there's no reason for him to be le champion. He's Manitobian. Like, he's... he's, he's, No, No one said it. Yeah. Like, no, no one says that before, so he just goes, I, I'm going to take that. That's my thing now. Yeah. It's just little small things that he adds himself. He's just, I love him, but it's not just him. Cody's promos building up to their match were brilliant. Um, I think Cody's promo last week in particular, I thought, was... Uh, he, uh, in, he the in-ring one, was yeah, it? Yeah, he, he yeah. Got, yeah. He, got me, he got me by the balls on that one. Um, I just... It was, it was a long time since we've seen like a really good promo that well delivered in a ring environment with um, no interference and yeah. no 
Exactly, exactly. Which like, I thought was good, yeah. Yeah, it was very. It was a real throwback to the, uh, to, you know, to the attitude era of you know when Stone Cold would or The Rock or someone like that would deliver a promo like that. Um, ten out of ten to Cody for that. Like and real, real intensity as well. An emotion, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that all built up to their match, obviously, which was AEW's pay per view. There, um, full gear. I thought that was brilliant first pay-per-view for them to to put out um yeah, yeah. Well, some matches were a little bit strange i suppose but i don't think there was anything that i i don't think there was anything there that was stood out as bad to me i think they all they were all quite good well for me obviously on the main show now with with dara back um back in the country safe and sound thankfully um we you know we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of a uh we're gonna do a little bit of a talk on, on the on the pay per view itself just before we have an interview, uh, which I can announce today, which is with Eric Sims, the uh, the agent of the Iron Sheik. Anybody that knows those crazy Iron Sheik videos and they always see the bald guy getting slapped, um, that's Eric Sims, the agent of the Iron Sheik. So uh, I recorded an interview with the uh, with, with Eric Sims the other day, so that'll be played in full. Um, yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be played in full. But we're we're gonna do a little bit of a breakdown of the, of the AEW thing. But I think I th- I think rather than doing a full breakdown on that show, because obviously Eric Sims will be will be, uh, you know, the main the, the yeah. main the main event kind of deal. Um, I'll just go through some of the matches. Like I I I wrote some notes in depth as I do now with pay per views when I'm watching them because I I always try and watch it twice. I watch it once to um to enjoy it. Uh, and then a second time to try and take note for this, you know, particular podcast. Um, the young books, guys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give you a. Um, you've heard it here first. Uh, I'm a fan. I've, I'm officially a fan of the young books. I have to say, since this, initially, I was still a little bit weary of flips and gimmicks and bumps and blah 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 and too much kind of high spots um when i was watching the product initially but look i've come to the realization as well that this is a brand new product there's going to be teething problems you know what i mean this is a company that is started fresh that is basically trying to kind of find their way you know it, it, it you know find their own way within the world now professional wrestling on a weekly basis um so for me, I have to say the Young Bucks have literally, yeah, they they they've won me over. They're they're not taking wins. They're you know they're not winning all the time. They're 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 doing what they need to do, um, to to, to put on good matches. But they're also doing what they need to do for the company to put other teams over. So I thought the match they had with with Santana and Ortiz, who aren't my favorite tag team, I have to say. Um, I still think they're a pretty young team as well, and I still think they're trying to find their way. I think they can be a little bit over the top, no pun intended, um, with with some of their crowd crowd re- interaction. I think they can be. The two of those guys could definitely be more natural than they are portraying themselves being right now. Do you know what I mean? But like I say, they're teething problems. They'll get better at that with time, especially hanging around with guys like Jericho. Um, but they. They definitely have a look. They definitely have a, you know, they have a backstory. They have a reason as to why they're, you know, they're a team in the first place. 
Um, they're both from a similar area, but I thought it was a good match. I thought the books worked really well. Thought they called the match really well. Um, I thought Nick Jackson done a fucking phenomenal job on selling the knee. He was constantly going holding the knee, constantly selling the knee. Um, even when he done like a super kick, he was down holding the knee. It was it was really good work. Um, really good work by Nick Jackson. Um, I love the way the time limits are. Are kind of in effect. There was only one flaw that I had with that match. I saw there was a tag made to the boot, if you remember, and the referee yeah. called it and he said no. But then about twenty minutes later, there was a tag the same way and it was let go, and the ref saw it as well. Yeah, see, I was wondering when I first saw that, I was like, is this is this meant to be foreshadowing to the fact that who who is the ref's boss? Yeah. Yeah, you know? I don't know. It, I don't know. Well, no. Well, the, the, on on screen, the the bosses are well, the executive vice presidents are the young bucks and Cody. So, was this? I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But I thought maybe is this a little bit of a foreshadowing to, at some point down the line, do the young bucks turn heel and you know refs start. Oh no, that's not. You can't tag like that. That's not right. You're not because you're not meant to be able to tag to the boot. It is meant to be hand to hand. Um, but is that maybe just something that they're they're laying a little bit of groundwork there? Maybe possibly. it isn't. Maybe, possibly. May, maybe maybe it was just a mistake. But I thought overall, yeah, I thought that was a solid match. And as I'd said to you before, when the young bucks decide they want to work and there's no jokes or no fun. The well, not best. no fun. They the, are the, the matches, no, they're the best in the business when they do it right, for sure. I don't, I don't want to say no fun because like the matches are fun to watch, but when they want to go for a match with the story, that's what I was saying to you. They can do it. Oh yeah, they've got, yeah. They, they've always had that, but just it's doesn't tend to be what people want to see from them a lot of the time. So, well, yeah, well, that's that's what, and this this is. This kind of praise that I'm gonna give, um, it kind of runs to the company as a whole because there's a lot of guys there that aren't used to working, you know, working a weekly schedule in front of a live camera. You know, they're work. You know, they're doing maybe and a bigger crowd. Exactly, a bigger crowd. So like building up storylines and stuff like that. I think the young books are definitely looking like they're taking it a lot serious now as well, and I think they're doing really well at that. So, and they're gonna get praise from me. I think. There's not a lot I have to say, really, with Pack and Hangman Page. Um, there was one, there was one flaw I had in that match, right? What's and it? it was right, it was right at the end. Pack hits the Black Arrow, as it's now called, and he he has Hangman Page down for the pin. One, two, no shoulders come off the mat, and the ref just closes his hand and doesn't count the three count. So Pack just throws him in the. Rings of Saturn, which he's calling the Brutalizer, a great name for a submission. Yeah, it is, but actually. Pac didn't break the count. He didn't get up and turn it over. And Hangman didn't kick out. So what was that about? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. that um, that's the only flaw. And that's nitpicking. It is nitpicking. But over, like, that match, I thought, again, I, I love Pac's work since he's... Yeah, me too. Since he's become Man. the bastard. He's and just I so good. I was just literally about to say that to you. I think um, the bastard is a perfect name. The brutalizer is a perfect name. It's just everything like he's a fucking vicious look. He's he's a very he's like a modern day dynamite kid almost, isn't he? He's got that real the stature. Like, he's yeah. got the stature, but he's also got the aggression that dynamite kid had as well. I think he's a 
Yeah, he very much reminds me of a Dynamite Kid, and that's that's fucking high praise from me. Yeah. You know that. But that's two 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 matches that start that off. Neither are title matches, but neither are just throwaway matches either. No, no, no. Perfect matches. Pack, for, Pack versus Hangman Page. Hangman Page was the uh, was in the first title match, the title match to crown the first champion. So you know that's a big win to get there. Um, yeah. And and I have written on my notes here that I have. Hangman Page gets better each week. Um, yeah, he does. In my opinion, he does. The only thing I want to see, and I I've heard this. This has been talked on on podcasts before, or just conversations before. I want I want to see on AW AEW should I say AWU? I was about to say. Sorry, I don't even know what that is. Absolute Wrestling Ulster. Possibly. I don't, know. I don't think so. There's a new promotion for someone up north. Um, you're welcome. Anyway, um, there's no the thing I have with 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 um, Page is that he works really fucking stiff as well, but snug. Do you know what I mean? He works really safe. Um, everything he does is legit. He's he looks like a badass. He looks like he could have wrestled back in the eighties with the likes of fucking you know, you know the flares and the steamboats and stuff, and he looked like he would have been a legitimate contender in there as well. Um. So I, I really like his look, but he's got a modern old school look, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, he's he, like he, a, he, wor- he he's works like, the modern style, but with the a lot of lariats and things, which yes. were the old style. Exactly, exactly. Um, and I think yeah, he just gets better each week. But one thing I would say to AEW that I think for the people that don't know who Hangman Page is, or for the people that don't know who Pac is, or I want a little bit more promo work, you know what I mean, on their shows. Just even 20 seconds. Okay, we know he does cowboy shit, but who is he like? I want to know a bit more about him, you know what I mean? And I think that's I think that's a fair assessment. I've seen people say that. Um, because he looks like, to me, that he could really be the next big baby face on, on any show, to be honest with you. Um, I really think he could be could be that level. I really do. Um, yeah, I th- I think unfortunately just at the moment because it's the start of the company, they're trying to trying to establish their top top guys at the moment. Well, I get that. I get that. So I think I think in the coming weeks you'll start getting a bit more. Well, I think less. The, I think less. The, Jimmy the, have well, a, I don't want to say lower card guys because I think you'll see the likes of Pack because they said wins and losses are going to yeah, count and Pack yeah, yeah. Pack hasn't lost since since they started that. So well, that's why one I time think... to draw. So I think you'll start seeing them moving up the card and then you'll start getting this yeah. more backstories to them. Well I think less Jimmy Havoc, less skateboard dude, uh, less less of airtime to these guys and more time to building, you know, the undercard as well. Because don't forget, Jericho was a very small cog in like the most ginormous wheel in WCW, but we knew who Jericho was as soon as you watched Nitro. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they were they were but Within 20 seconds, you knew who Jericho was. Because as we both know, that's what he demanded was like, just give me 20 seconds. Do you know what I mean? And I'll, I'll be able to plant the seeds. And like, don't get me wrong, Jimmy Havoc's friends with like friends of mine. But like, I don't really need to see him, you know, on a on a show of that magnitude. If it means getting over stars like a Hangman Page or Pac, you know. Um, and I think that's a fair assessment. And I, I'm not alone in that opinion. That seems to be a big kind of opinion as well 
Um, but we'll come on to that later. <laughs> um, so, the next one. This is going to be a real surprise uh, for a lot of people. Um, and what I'm about to, about to say about this one. Um, Joey Janela and Sean Spears. I had um, I had written down here, Spears has got a great look. He really does. Spears looks like a million dollars. His uh, his ring gear is incredible. His physique is incredible. Um, he just looks like a he looks like a star. You know what I mean? Coming out with Tully, obviously Tully's giving him a bit of a bit of the rub. Um, Joey Janela, a man that really creates divides opinion. Um, would be fair to say no. Yeah, he does, but I think. I think it's because he's just mainly known for the hardcore stuff. But he, he, like as you saw, he can. It's it's not all he can do, you know. Maybe that's his main forte, but it's not it's not all he's capable of. Well, I have written uh, now. This is me, who a lot of people are going to be really surprised with this. I'm really impressed with with Janela. Um, I think maybe it's because that that's what he's been built up as is this as the cornets of this world called him, the cosplay wrestler and Jelly Janella and all this kind of thing. We've seen him initially do the hardcore stuff, obviously with Moxley and whatnot, but now we're seeing him actually have wrestling matches, well, attempting wrestling matches. The guy knows his way around the ring. I, I look for the little things, you know, how he, you know, where he, you know, where he positions himself in the ring at certain times with certain moves. The guy definitely knows how to work a little bit, and I think there's definitely all kinds of potential there with Janela. Um, yeah, I I have to say Janela impressed me more than Spears in the match. Actually, um, I think he he definitely has a lot of potential. I really do. I think Janela, um, he's obviously listening to the right people now that he's working with a big company. He's obviously listening to the likes of Jr. and listening to the likes of Jericho and and Cody and Omega and stuff and. Uh, yeah, power to the kid, I have to say. Fair play to him, you know what I mean? Because he came under a lot of criticism um, from a lot of old-school guys. and He's definitely he's definitely trying. And uh, listen, if the guy is trying to work better, why not, why not give him praise for it when it's due? Because sure enough, if he fucks up, it'll be called out as well. So Yeah, well, that's what I mean. We're all quick enough to jump on and shit on things when they're not good. So, so you got to be willing to give praise when it's due as well. So, yeah. And guys, I'm not on weed or anything tonight, just in case anyone's thinking Ian Kelly smoked a big bucket of weed or something like that. That's not true. I'm literally just calling this show as I've seen it. Um, Private Party versus the Lucha Bros versus the SEU. i got to say, not a big fan of these kind of triple threat tag team matches or anything like that because they're just always a bit of a cluster. Um, the one critique I would give, and I'm sure you would, uh, you would know that I would say this type of thing, is that the AEW have really put an emphasis on um, tag team wrestling. However, it's still not... It's not tag team wrestling done really in a great psychological way as of yet. The first match, however, tonight was, obviously, with with uh, the opening match. But a lot of the stuff that... It's still all the... It's just everybody... It's like everyone just wants to get their shit in. It's just like move for move, move for move, move for move, move for move. It is the new school way. I understand that, but it's um, yeah, it's a little bit. Don't get me wrong. It was a decent match. It was a great finish, um, but 
yeah, just just well, I think just too much, too much. I think triple threat, especially triple threat tag team matches, so three teams. I think it is you're gonna have to you kind of have to wrestle in the idea of you know that the, a lot's happening oh, all the you time. Do. Because, yeah, no, I do, I do, I get that. Yeah, because you have six people to keep involved constantly, so you have to be keeping people down all the time. So you kind of do need to have that, and I think they kind of put themselves into a corner here because they had the tag team tournament and SCU won. And it's like, right, who's going to be the number one contender? Do we just give it to the Lucha Bros? Well, they just beat the Lucha Bros. So how do we get somebody else involved? Well, we can't just give it to the Young Bucks because we've already got the Young Bucks doing Santana or Ortiz. So they're kind of stuck in this thing. So they're like, we'll take two of the teams from the tournament that had, you know, that made it pretty much to the finals and we'll let them go again. And I think that was smart, but then triple threat matches, even normal triple threat matches are a bit, you know, you have to have someone kind of out of the way all the time for when pins and stuff are being done. And when you need six people to have that as the case, you kind of need to have the action flowing all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, even with that, I thought, Thought there was some really, really nice stuff in this as well. Well, yeah, I mean, just to you know, on the on on full disclosure, like just my notes were too many big moves, little psychology, but followed by some great athleticism, a lot of really good high spots, and the shooting stars, shooting star press from Quinn was just literally ten stars, yeah. um, and I thought the finish was great as well. So I mean. It, you know, it's a mixed bag there for me. Like, you know, I, I was calling out the little, you know, the calling out the basic stuff. But I mean, the 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 actual, you know, physicality in ring was really good. So, um, again, it wasn't. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. Um, now the women's title match. I um. Yeah, I I have, <laughs> I had it with a little smiley face here, for full disclosure for you, Ted. You can see it here. Can you see that? Yeah, yeah. It says Sakura as Freddie Mercury. What the fuck? <laughs> With a smiley face. Um, I I got that. That was cool. But you know, I seen they were trying to build it up again. Like I mean, Rio must weigh literally the same weight as my leg. Um, and I mean, there was big emotion. It was hard hitting. It was a typical Japanese, you know, girl wrestling match. I guess. Um, didn't love it, didn't hate it. Um, well, see, I see. I think the problem here was that they made the mistake of not building it yeah. until last week, where they were just like, "Oh yeah, by the way, these two are wrestling for the title." Yeah. And you've got a student versus a teacher here. This should have had more going into it. Now, once they, the little promo package they had before it, that was had they shown that last week or the week before, because that gave so much information. It was like this is how. Uh, this is how they know each other. Sakura tra- trained Rio. This is how Rio knows her. And then they gave all these facts of like they've wrestled, I think, like 30 something times. And Sakura has 17 wins and Rio has 15 wins or something like that. They gave all these facts on the day. But this should have been stuff that I knew prior to going into this match. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. It should have been built up for me a little bit more. And yeah. I think they, that that's a mistake on their part. But, but again, I thought 
Again, teething I, problems. Only yeah, teething it, problems. That's what I mean. Yeah, it is. It is teething problems. But I thought this was. I thought this was another. I thought this was a good match. Um, thought it was. Just there wasn't enough emotion. Maybe that's go, what it was going into it. Maybe that's Whereas what the it other was. ones were all emotionally charged. Yeah. Like nearly every other match had a big storyline behind it, except this one. I think that's why this one was kind of let down. Yeah, because we we failed to mention actually, um, at the start of the show that there was big emotion on the opening match as well, purely because it involved the Rock and Roll Express as well. Yeah, who, exactly. And you know, a friend of the show, a former guest of the show, Ricky Morton. <laughs> only on a little while ago pulling out the baddest Canadian destroyer from the outside um, that's bad alright yeah but, but man for a 63 year old man pulling no, that no, it, off, that's, like, it, that's, that's, that's that's incredible like, do you know what I mean so yeah no it's, it was it's, good to see but just uh, but I mean it was uh, so yeah so there was emotion like in, in all of the matches and the backstories that we talked about but look I guess talking about emotion, um, it would lead us on to kind of the, I guess the semi main event, co main event if you will. Um, before we get onto that, we'll take a little break. We'll get a little, get a little word from yours truly, Ian Kelly, on the uh, on the sponsor. And when we come back, we're obviously going to talk about Le Champion and uh, and Cody, and literally talk about why this was not the main event. Welcome back to Dynamo's half dozen. With me, Ian the Dynamo Kelly, your co-host, along with my other co-host, Ted Irving. Ted, we've obviously broken down uh, the meat and bones of the of the the, the pay per view. Um, now we move on to the main event with uh, your favorite wrestler and everybody else's, Le Champion. Champion. Chris Jericho, who really does enjoy a little bit of the bubbly, along with. Uh, Everybody's favorite dream son, Mister Cody. So uh, let's let me kind of lead you into this one, and you can take it from here. Yeah, again, yeah. Again, video package, ten out of ten. AEW are killing it with the video packages, especially for the main event. No. Yeah, sorry, I thought you you were you had something else to say. I'm oh, I was letting you lead the way there. That's okay. <laughs> no, you told me you were lead. You just told me you were leading. I the said way. I'm going to lead you into it. All right. Yeah. No, I thought another another great video of actually they, they really yeah. went for uh, really went for us on this, uh, which is good to see. Um, and they've spent a lot of time building up this um, this feud. Uh, obviously, Cody had said that if he if he couldn't win the title here, that he wouldn't challenge again. Um, big stakes, which, big stakes. So there was, automatically, there was big stakes. There was a title on the line, and, and Cody's chances. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now you see this. The one reason I normally don't like any uh, someone saying that is it does, you know, it gives away part of the match to you because when you're thinking, oh, if this guy loses, he's fired, or if this guy this this happens, or he can't do this, and you're kind of like, ah, oh, well, he can't lose now because you know the stakes are too high. Well, you know, what's the stake for Jericho? He loses the title. Okay, he'll get another shot at it. For Cody, you lose, you don't get, you, you never challenge for the title again. And when you're told something like that, it tends to, for me, a lot of the time, it tends to just kind of ruin the match because I'm like, well, I know what way this is going. It's an automatic even, spoiler, yeah. Yeah, but even going into this match, I was like, I didn't think 
even with that information, I didn't think Cody was winning. I still thought Jericho was going to win, but I was like, how do they go about Cody losing? I just got to say, I just got to say, I called it. <laughs> I yeah. called it. But I was like, how do they go about Cody losing? But, you know, being able to renegade on what he said previously. Yeah. And I think, I think the way they did go about it was the correct one. The only yeah. thing that I didn't like about it is I think it was a little early to pull the trigger. I'm, um, I'm in agreement with you there. The reason that I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself that I called it. But I'm also kind of annoyed that I did because I thought this could really be a long build. Because let's be honest, Ted. Let's be honest. We have not seen enough on TV yet. No. Of the MJF Cody um, story as to, to, to give us a reason to think that, that MJF would do that to him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, There's I mean, been no well, airtime from, from MJF, really. Yeah, but I mean... What reason, if I'm just if I just watch their show, right? If I just watch uh, AEW's show, I don't watch all all elite on. I don't watch being the elite or anything like that. I don't watch any of that. What reason they keep bringing up the fact that oh, well, you know, he's proved to Cody that he can be trusted. I've no reason to believe that. He, I've no reason to believe that he shouldn't be trusted. Well, then let he's, me let me let me. He's be... never done anything to be untrustworthy on the telly. Well, let me be the voice then of the people that haven't um, watched no, anything, a, anything no, other. I'm saying if I if I am coming from that, why would I believe that well, him to be I am, trustworthy? Though, but that's what I'm saying to you. I am coming from that. Okay. Now I understand that the narrative as well. I understand that I've seen enough of you know, you know stuff outside of Dynamite to to understand what's going on there. But primarily, I'm coming from the standpoint where I'm only watching Dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And a lot of people, and I'm going to say this at the end of the show, which I told you at the start, I've talked to a lot of people that are um, completely just back, ready to watch wrestling again, yeah? And they're kind of saying to me, okay, so what's that mean? What's that mean? It's the same way on the last pay-per-view that we we done, the Slamboree pay-per-view, not the last one, the first one. Mm. Um, And you were saying, right, well, what was the story with that? Or what was the story with that? That's kind of the way a lot of people would feel with this pay-per-view, okay? We're going, okay, so why is that guy in there and why is, you know, give me a reason to know. Because in five weeks, we've not had any real dialogue or narrative between Cody and and M- MJF. So to to get that story across, they really need, again, we go back to it, give me more story. Take less airtime from the skateboard guy and the fucking, uh, you know, and the, and the Jimmy Havoc guy, and and we'll be able to kind of tell a bit more narrative with that. Do you know what I mean? These sort of things is where again teething problems. I know that teething problems, but they need to concentrate on these storylines. So obviously, something has come off the back of it. So let's get into the match first. Um, until we get yeah. to the until we get to the dance. What? Yeah. A very good, very good match. Um, yeah. I don't know, was it planned for... Obviously, it was planned for Cody to do the, the dive to the outside and land on the ramp, but I don't know if it was planned for him to to get as bullied up as he did. That's uh, never that's never the, planned to nearly, nearly cripple yourself. landing was very nasty. Yeah, that's never Looking. planned to cr- cripple yourself. That I can assure yeah. you of that. Um, very nasty landing. Very but, um, nasty. It w- 
as it as happens sometimes, that that mistake kind of added to the match more than anything. So, and, and then the we, two lad, the two lads used it. You know, Jericho zoned in on it. And we have three it. judges as well outside as well. We forgot about that. I do like the idea of the three judges. Yeah, but um, I think it's it's nice to have them there, but I don't want them to be used, and I really don't understand the point of them. Because well, I'll tell you why. Why they're not scoring it like boxing? Exactly, because think about it. Halfway through that match, yeah, Jericho has obviously cheated on multiple occasions, right? He's 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 done an Eddie Guerrero as well, where he's hit him with the belt and then lay down. If that match goes to the sixty minutes, how are they judging that? Surely Jericho is disqualified, because they're saying we've we've seen you cheating. The referee's not seen you cheating. But we've seen you cheating, so therefore, how can we give you points in any way, shape, or form? It'd be like if a referee in UFC was knocked out for a couple of seconds. And yeah, Khabib's I teammates d- come in and kick the shit out of the other. You know, it's yeah. I, I don't know, but just even the way that Jim Ross and stuff were explaining it, they were like, "It's not done. It's not done like boxing, where they do points on hits and stuff like that. They take into account all these things." And what they're going to judge it on is who they think deserved to win that match. I mean, does cheating mean you shouldn't win the match? I mean, yeah, it's it's against the rules and whatnot. But you know, did any of that? Like, who who was who was the judges there? Dean Malenko. He's not. He cheated to win matches. So. You know, I know, but I know, but we're we're not going to get into the you know that's not there to be to get into the history of 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 the the background of the guys that are there. It's, it's no, but I'm not saying it just on their background. I'm just saying the idea of well, if he cheated, then we we wouldn't think that he should win that match. Like imagine the other way. Most of the time, when you go to a a time limit draw, what normally happens a lot of the time is that. Someone has knocked someone down. There's three seconds left. They go for the pin. One, two, or time off. And the idea, the way Jim Ross and all presented it was, these independent judges are there to judge who should have won the match. Well, time ran out when he was pinning them and he didn't kick out. So who should have won the match? The guy who was pinning them, of course. Well, they used to be be Broadway's, obviously, back in the NWA days. And that's what they were. They were Broadway's, 60-minute Broadway. So they were draws. And that was it. The only time we saw um, on the mainstream side of things was when Brett wrestled Sean at WrestleMania 12 when Gorilla Monsoon came out and said, no, it's sudden death, basically. It's it's 60 minutes, yeah, no. there was no winner. We need a winner, and that's it. Yeah, and but like, I, I get that, but it, like most of the time when nowadays, maybe not back then, but nowadays most of the time when they go to a draw, it's normally that one person is just covering the other guy or he has him in a submission and the time runs out, and then, like, when they have them in the pin position, the other guy doesn't kick out at two right at the last second. So the idea is meant to be, who should have won that? Well, if there was one extra second on the clock, that guy would have won. So, of course, the judge is going to go, well, he should have won then. It doesn't, like, the rest of the match isn't going to matter. So I think, yeah, I, I'm not I, saying the judges are a bad idea, but I think the way Jim Ross and stuff explained how the judging is going to work, I think they, they dug themselves into a bad hole well, there. Well, maybe it wasn't Jim Ross and all's fault. It was obviously just how the company were portraying how the judging was going to be. And I do I do agree with you. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, we haven't, 
we got to commend AEW on bringing time limits back to fucking wrestling because WWE haven't done it in so long. So when's the last time you've seen? I it? know, yeah. Do you but know I what just I mean? think there was no need to like you've already told me there's judges, right? There's three judges, and if this ends in a draw, they're gonna decide the winner. You don't need to explain to me all these other things like this is what they'll be doing and this is how they're just don't tell me you know just you know you've told me they're there and that's enough right when it when it comes down to it next week let them come out on AEW and if they say if there's a draw and they say this person won let the let those judges come out the next week on AEW start the show and explain this is why I said so and so should win this is why I voted that way yeah use that but don't try and explain to me now because you, you aren't going to have a reason and you're going to end up backtracking on it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But I we, just think that was a bit silly. But we did get to the end and obviously it was a great match. It was um, it was a long match, but a great old school match. Again, proof that um, even the modern wrestling fan, whether they know it or not, does enjoy old school psycholo- psychological wrestling. Um, and the two boys put up a a fucking hell of a display um, in that. I mean, you want to talk about heat? Um, the end of that match, MJF got real old-school heat there. As close to old-school heat as we've seen in quite a long yeah. time. Um, people so throwing... he, threw, he obviously threw in the towel for Cody when Cody was in the line tamer. Yeah. I think that was a great way to end that match. Yeah, me too. Me I too. just think that the turn was wrong I think timing wise timing wise for me I think you should have saved that for a while and had you know him apologising to Cody listen I'm really sorry I just I thought you know that was it you were going to pass out and like you were going to pass out before you tapped out and he had you the cut to your head you know there's all these reasons why MJF would have done that he's Cody's best friend exactly he's going to be looking out for him exactly so there was no need for that turn to be right now let that go next on Wednesday let them talk and Cody be annoyed. I'm not saying that Cody is going to be the heel, but just be like, next time, don't do that, right? Yeah. And then the next time a match comes up and Cody is in the same position, MJF is there, and it's like, this time MJF doesn't throw in the tell because Cody's given out to him and he said, don't do that. Like, you cost me that match. Yeah. I'm never going to challenge for the title create again. Create tension. Create proper yeah. tension, yeah. Next, next time he doesn't throw in the tell and Cody picks up a serious injury, I've say that in quotations so Cody's out for the next couple of months and then Cody's like why didn't you throw in a tell that time I was in trouble and you you're meant to be my friend you left me and then the next time Cody has a big match which is you know two three months down the line third time lucky yeah then the third time MJF doesn't throw in the tell and Cody loses or Cody wins whatever MJF gets in to either console or congratulate him and then Boom! Now you've had three months of these guys being these guys being best friends. So far, we've had five weeks of them being best friends, and no reason to believe that MJF is is a sneaky character, other than that the commentators sometimes reference it. That and and that's the key word that you just said there. Sometimes. Yeah, and I haven't seen him be sneaky. No. To, well, towards Cody, he's been sneaky in matches but not towards Cody but, he's he been, ha- but he hasn't even had any matches do you know he's what I mean what, he, had, he's had, he had one match against your man Cutter yeah. and he was, he, was a bit, he was a bit sneaky and a bit cheeky and that but towards Cody he's been nothing but a loyal friend exactly so I mean it, it, it did it did suck I mean it was a great finish but like you yeah. said three months down the line it would have been even better 
Well, just let me give a reason to believe that there's going to be tension there. I have no reason to believe that MJF was, you know, conning Cody ever. Yeah, yeah. Other than the fact that I've watched Being the Elite and I know that that's the story. Yeah. But I think you need to get that across. But either way, great match, great finish, and I'm looking forward to seeing it gives Cody an out on, you know, I didn't really lose that match. He did that to screw me over, so Cody can still... Some point down the line, Cody will be able to challenge for the title, and MJF is now the biggest. Maybe not the biggest heel in the company, but if not the biggest, he's second. Probably, probably the biggest heel. Yeah, <laughs> very close. Um, yeah, exactly. And a championship so that was great. And an AEW championship title retention from once again Le Champion. Uh, we move along to the main event with the. Uh, Another guy that's been winning me over over the five weeks, um, Kenny Omega. Um, still not the biggest fan of his um, his constant look to the to the crowd when he's gonna do something because this guy has just tried to stab you with a box cutter, um, with a with an ice pick, and every time you take something out of the ring, you're looking at the crowd going, yeah, 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 like so theatrically. That's something that um, somebody that. I watched, you know, like I told you, Rachel herself. Um, I I look at Rachel as someone who is the, um, what do they call, the um, the casual fan. Yeah. That could be interested in this product, but um, hasn't watched the product in a long time. Mm. And she was saying on a couple of times, and it's nice because you know sometimes the casual fan of wrestling can be quite logical. And sometimes that's what you want, is just a little bit of logic from an outside source. But she said on a couple of occasions, she goes, I really like that Kenny Omega guy, but Moxley looks like he wants to just kill him. He's just taking stuff out of the ring, not acknowledging the crowd. He's acknowledging the crowd, but like not constantly. Whereas I think Omega, the only thing he needs to take is a little bit of that theatrics away a little bit because it's very Japanese obviously and and that's still you know set in his ways because he's been there so long yeah well um, his big suicide dive that's the one that the main one for me where he gets down on the one knee yeah and they all do the they, they, they do the clap which is great it gets yeah but then he then he hits one rope hits the other rope but he's down on his knee for a good 10-15 seconds exactly and I, like. get, I get I get that you know he's meant to be tired at this point in the match you know and stuff but like that's a lot of time to give. It is. And it's a lot of time. I mean, that's a that's an entrance. Yeah, uh, and if and then if I mean? opponent moves out of the way, like obviously uh, uh, Moxley didn't move out of the way this time, but when an opponent moves out of the way, all you're going to be thinking is, yeah, you know, if you hadn't spent 15 seconds on one knee there, and you'd just gone and done that, like you're already taking a risk because you're doing a suicide dive, a dive over the top rope. You're already taking a big risk. Yeah. Don't give the other guy ample time to to get back to his feet and be ready and all this stuff but I don't know I thought it was a very good match me too um, it was a hardcore match and see I was surprised at first when I saw that this was going on last and then I thought to myself well this match is an unsanctioned match so technically now, technically they couldn't have put it on in, yeah, you know, how, before the card was finished yeah yeah, how do you have it before the card is finished? Because there's yeah. no time limit on it. Yeah. Because it's not 
it's not a sanctioned match. It, yeah, this makes never sense. happened. Makes sense. This never happened. So it has to be at the end. This is just something that happened. So technically, Jericho and Cody was the main event. This was. This is just something that happened. After 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 the lights, because they did say the lights go out and then they come back on. That's it. Yeah, lights were out. Okay, cameras kept rolling and this happened to be caught. So yeah, I don't know. Technically, I suppose yeah, this is the main event because it was the last match on the card. But if you go from it from a business point of view, the way the business is meant to be looking at it, this match never happened. It doesn't count in their win loss record. It makes sense. It makes sense. So, um. And also, that's another thing. This match doesn't doesn't count. So, both of these guys were doing all of this stuff to each other, and nobody did. Who won that match? Nobody, because they didn't have a match. So technically, there was no even point in having a referee to do a pinfall. No, well, they need they needed. It was an unsanctioned match, which they're using as it doesn't count in your win or loss record. You still need the referee to make your pinfall, because otherwise, it's just. A fight. Well, then which, it should have been a fight to the death, then I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah which you so, can't have, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. They, they, have a, they have a ref there, but this doesn't count. So these two guys went to this massive war because they obviously have a personal disdain for each other. But th- at the end of the day, all the punishment and everything they took, come Wednesday, it's what happened to you? Mean. Nothing, because it didn't happen. Yeah, it's not going to mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it was a hardcore match. I thought the guys worked a lot safer than what I was hearing online. Um, People saying it was too violent. People saying it was this. People saying it was that. Look, I don't know what people want. I mean, they want blood and guts, then they don't. Um, I think it's because we haven't seen this this level of blood and stuff. No, I mean, it was. It was pretty barbaric in the sense that they were raking each other with with the. you know, with the with the barbed wire and stuff like that, but it was, um, I mean, it was. But this is this is all shit Mick Foley did. You know, when when hardcore wrestling was th- still a thing in WWE, yeah, and we were used to it then, so we were kind of des- desensitized. We didn't think it was that big a deal, but now that we don't see it that often, now this is a big deal, and that this that's the way it should be. Exactly. I don't want I don't want to be used to seeing a guy covered in blood or all that stuff. It should be a one one in a million, exactly. We don't want to see Mick Foley getting thrown off a cell every match because there's a yeah. there's a life at risk then, like and Yeah. But not even that, like these guys, you know, that's barbed wire, you know, it's you're getting cut open from it one way or the other. Like you can't get around that. Especially yeah. when they suplexed each other or well, Moxley suplexed um Kenny Omega into the I don't know, was it a bed of it, it looked, how you it describe like it, I don't know. The frame to me looked like it had the potential of being a uh, a quick king size bed. I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, but just instead of a nice soft mattress that you're going to lie down in, it's, <laughs> it's a load of barbed wire. Um, Some men out there will 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 kind of feel like that they'd rather get into bed with that. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, but I mean, not me. But <laughs> they, you get thrown into that. You know, there's always a danger that something goes wrong you you nick something that you shouldn't have nicked or whatever but that level it wasn't overly barbaric 
No. But we're not used to seeing it anymore, so it feels a lot more barbaric than I it was. I thought the guys worked as safe as they could within that type of match. I really did. I watched them. They looked after each other. Um, they, they went as... I mean, the only... For me, like the the the, the biggest cringe for me actually, um, was because I've seen two of my friends break their elbows in a similar, similar instance. Was the end with the, the you know the 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 bump that Omega took on the boards, that was probably I got more. Wait, which one? The one when he did the Phoenix Splash, or the yeah, at the end of the match. Yeah, off but the, do you mean the Phoenix the Splash or is... when he took the? Um, no, the, uh, no, no, yeah, the Phoenix Splash. That's the one he done off yeah. the top rope, yeah? Yeah, yeah, the Phoenix Splash. Yeah, because rope, yeah. Katie obviously hurt her elbows, obviously not even doing something that extreme. And yeah. then and I remember seeing John Moss up in Cork um, break his elbows on a 450 splash without yeah. without the boards, you know, uh, showing. Being exposed, yeah. So the- when I saw that, to be honest with you, that's when I kind of, that's when I actually put my head in my hands and went, is this guy okay? Do you know what I mean? Because I was more yeah. concerned whether Kenny Omega was actually okay. Like, but um, yeah. luckily, it seemed like he was. I haven't heard anything bad from it. But, nah. but you know that that's something you don't really want to dance with. You don't want to be doing that too often because There's a, there was one thing I didn't really like, and it, not that it was you know overly violent or anything like that. But you know, just after they went through the the bed of barbed wire, mm. and then they got out. And they were gonna go through the, I don't know, like the little screen. So, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little AW sign. He put him through with a with a running knee, right? And I, it I missed just, by a mile. But not even that it missed. I just don't see that as a a move that's gonna dry. Like obviously, I, I understand why it would because you're running forward, you jump into a but guy a with your knee. Spear would have been a better idea. Be, even if yeah, you, exactly, even, a even if a spear's not in your arsenal, you'll just go. Do you know what? Fuck you. I'm just gonna yeah. spear you into this fucking light. Yeah, that's. I mean, a spear looks like you're gonna like that knee, right? When you hit that guy with the with the knee, I don't know. A knee to me just isn't something that's gonna drive you through a light bulb in that sense, or whatever that bit of equipment was. Um, obviously, if you get hit with a knee, you're gonna fall backwards, and you could fall through it. But then should the other guy be following through as well? Maybe that's just how much power he put it into the knee. But to me, a spear would have been a more logical um, move to do there. Yeah, yeah, just just out of... Because this is, again, this is meant to be a fight. It's not about meant to be getting your shit in. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's meant to be... But look, all in all, I, I really thought it was a really good, good match. And, um, yeah, brilliant. I, I think Kenny Omega definitely... Well, he won me over. I mean, Kenny Omega's been winning me over for a long time. You know that. Um, I've just always had th- those little issues. I even said in this match, every time he got like a gimmick out from under the under the ring, it was looking to the crowd going, ah, like this. That real phony kind of face, do you know what I mean? Whereas when he's selling in the ring and when he's doing the work, his selling is just incredible. You know what I mean? His yeah. work within the ring, within the confines of... um the mechanics of the work it's perfect but it's like the crowd interaction it's like i I still think he feels sometimes that he's looking to the japanese crowd to go yeah you know what i mean i'm waiting for that oh because that's the way i know jericho used to always say that vince used to always say to him take an extra second and it's like kenny omega takes 
an extra two seconds, which is just one second too long. Yes, exactly. Maybe. And it's not a big criticism. It's just... Well, that's I mean. It's nitpicky. It's it is, just the it, sake of listen, just something that you notice. It's very nitpicky on my part, and I will say that it's very nitpicky. But I think... Um, I think Kenny Omega now, and again, Kenny now, Kenny Omega is known as one of the best wrestlers outside of the US. Now he's working within the US, so I think he's trying to get himself over, you know, within the US to to you know to a brand new crowd, to the same level, yeah, exactly. And um, you know, he's doing a fucking very good job at it. So power to him. But I mean, overall, Ted, I think as we kind of wind up, I think it was a very good. Very good pay per view, very good culmination to a, a crazy couple of weeks. Um, maybe we could just give a little honourable mention to to my boys over on uh, NWA Power as well, doing a great job, doing something completely different. Um, completely yeah, it's a very di- very different type of um, wrestling, wrestling show. show, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and and, and even just the good... presentation of it is just different. It's very old school. It's gonna, a throwback. I was going to say it's old school, but it's not either. It it is old school. It's an old school. I'll not. tell you what. I'll tell you what it is, and you might agree with me. It's an old school platform, um, with 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 a much more modern twist. Um, I think you've got your old school characters. They've got an old school feel to it in the sense. Um, Nick Aldis, I think, is doing a great job as a champion. I think I, you know, I think the world of Nick Aldis, um. I think he's doing a good job there, and I think there's, but they're doing a good job at slowly building storylines. I'm a big fan of um, Eli Drake. I think that guy is playing a little snaky heel very well. Um, yeah. Just coming out and trying to play people off each other, and um, the Tim Storm dynamic is really good as well. Like you can tell, he's thinking of retiring. He's too old for this, but you've got. You know, Eli Drake coming out and saying, "Nah, man, you you know you're up there with Ric Flair. Your name is on that title, and you know." So there's there's some really good little things that they're doing on that show. I think that are that are nice and very different. Yeah, no, they are. But like as I said, it, you were saying it, it is old school in the way it's presented, but there's something new about it as well. Yes, if that makes sense. Yes, you know, it's not. It's not. They're not just doing the old school. Like they've realised yes. that that's not going to work. Yeah. So they're taking like say 80% old school and then taking 20% of the newer thing and kind of meshing it as one I agree the only thing I'd not worry or you know think that they're doing wrong or anything but I just wonder for that for especially for NWA because they're not I don't know their roster's not huge or anything and um, I just wonder they should be I feel that maybe they should be looking at it a few uh, talents from this country, you know. There's a lot of unta- unsigned talent over here, and I think the thing there, Ted, is that a uh, NWA isn't quite um, at the level yet to really be kind of going and and looking at, you know, putting a lot of money into passports and stuff like that because that's a big, that's a, also a big process, and I don't if they're even a big enough company to do that yet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe yeah. that's the thing, but I'm not like maybe not. I agree to have with them. you. I agree with you. I mean, listen, Dave Marquez knows that if he needs someone to come over with a extra pair of tights, I told him to give me a month's training and uh, I'll be over there. So yeah, but just <laughs> no. I'm not even saying to sign them to like you know massive contracts, but just you know, come on, come on over and we'll use you for two weeks. 
again it's the it's the working visa thing it's it's a lot it's a lot trickier than than you think no i know i know there is more to it than that but i wonder like i'd wonder are they looking at that sort of thing because well let's look at uh one thing before we do continue on because we need to um we need to mention one thing in particular uh, an incident from jimmy's famous seafood that we've all heard about and uh there's been a bit more context put on it Excalibur, the masked man, and uh, Jimmy Havoc, creating Havoc, apparently, on uh, good old Tony Schiavone's birthday. Of all. A bit of a scrap. A bit of a scrap, a bit of a choke out from the masked assassin. Bit of a drunken, yeah, bit of a drunken display from Mr. Havoc, apparently. I don't, I don't know what that was over. It just seems that they just got into a bit of a... Was it like an actual fight or was I it think just it was two just, lads messing around? I think it was just a drunken Englishman <laughs> and a bit of a disagreement. <laughs> yeah, but it could have been, but then it could have just been, you know, two boys who've trained in wrestling and they're just messing around. And No, you know? apparently it was, uh, apparently Jimmy Havoc was, was acting up and, um, yeah, he was throwing digs and they weren't oh, connecting right. with Excalibur and, I don't know. Again, uh, as I say, I'm not a I'm not a source of news on this show, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know either. Jimmy Havoc comes from the old NWA Hammerlock uh, school, so I would like to think that uh, if 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 push came to shove, he would uh, he'd be able to handle business. But I don't know. Again, it's all it's all narrative that could be false. True, you know, true false reporting online and. Tony Khan has come out and said it was nothing. He said he's seen bigger fights on a football pitch. So, um, well, I'm just saying these boys in AEW wouldn't be above fabricating a story like that for a later use. Exactly, exactly. Who knows? Uh, Excalibur Maybe. could be getting himself back in training, and uh, yeah. he might say, "Fuck you, Jim Cornette. I'll show you that this guy isn't just a mask commentator." Yeah, and I'll go in Maybe, there and I'll. Like, as you said, I'm no source of news on that. That's just a spe- pure speculation of maybe that's maybe this is nothing. Like maybe they just decided to take something and just go. Eh, let's just say this happened. And but I'll tell you one thing: if you did fucking try and ruin Tony Schiavone's birthday, shame on both of you. Because I love Tony Schiavone. Just saying that. I'd say he's had a fair number of birthdays ruined by drunken antics. I'd now say over the years. I'd say he's well used to it. I'm only joking. I'd, I'd say, say he's Rick, well. Rick Flair's been at some of his birthdays. I'd say <laughs> exactly. Rick Flair, fucking oh Jesus, Dusty Rhodes. A lot of them. I'm sure that he's had many a many a sabotage at his mm-hmm. uh, at his birthday party. So I wouldn't say um, I wouldn't say, I'd say he was uh, too upset. The main thing is that he got to taste Jimmy's famous seafood. That's all that matters. Yeah. Well, Ted, it's been a pleasure once again, as always. Um, we've we're back, and we're obviously going to be back now on a full time basis. Next week, we are going to be uh, we're obviously going to be reviewing the ECW Living Dangerously ninety eight pay per view. Finally, for all of you people yeah. out there that that uh, that have been pestering me over it, I do apologize. But uh, we are going to get around to it. And then, Ted, you're going to have something in mind then at the end of that show for us to uh, do a few weeks later. I'm sure you already have something in mind. Yeah, well, unless something, you know, you never know what's going to come up in the world of wrestling, so. 
It could be that whatever I have on my mind has to be pushed out again because of something that comes up. So well, it's going to be a classic pay per view, though. Unless some old classic pay per view is going to come up. Yeah, but I mean, that could end up getting pushed out. Who knows? Like, there's so much going on in wrestling right now that. True enough. True enough. I have to just leave that for a little bit longer. We don't know. Absolutely, but look. Until then, for for Dynamo and for Ted. We are signing off. Dynamo over now.